Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It's the Mingry Nation podcast. Welcome to it. Fine Sunday morning, Mr. Greg. I'm doing okay. <clears throat> it's been a little busy, a little work stuff going on, but it's a beautiful Super Bowl Sunday morning. Yeah, um, I don't have a big dog in this fight, in the Super Bowl fight, right? You know, like, I don't want the Eagles to win, but I don't really care about the, you know, they they both won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, team, you know, so I'm, I'm rooting against the Eagles, so I'm rooting for the Chiefs, I guess, but you know, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> which is the be- the best kind. I don't want that. You know, like you wake up on game day and you care real hard. You're like, ugh. Hopefully, Tom Brady doesn't win another one today because I just I don't know if I could take that. You know, like <laughs> he's retired, so that's good. Um, but the good news is right. North Texas went two and zero. A witted weekend. North Texas went two and zero against UAB and Charlotte. And, you know, I feel good about our little preview because I think we said, you know, Charlotte's going to be slowed down kind of thing. But I feel like, you know, they're, yeah, with all due respect, I think North Texas is going to deal with them because I don't, you know, I don't really believe in Charlotte that hard. Right. That, that was kind of my deal. And we're right. Charlotte was not much of a deal to anybody. They were barely even in the game. North Texas <laughs> won that one 67-43. Uh, and then, you know. There was some concern, right? and everybody's like, oh, this training staff, whatever. But I, I was concerned just a little bit that the two-overtime game against UAB was going to have some carryover, good or bad, right? You know, like you, you just kind of feel maybe they're emotionally spent, maybe they're physically spent, something. Like, you know, is it going to carry over? It did not. Uh, actually, both teams, UAB just decided to blow out uh, Middle Tennessee, took out their frustrations on Middle uh, at home. So, you know, a sign that the, that was the game to watch, that Thursday game. Yeah, so, look, I, I was with you, too. Uh, <clears throat> a little bit of concern. But I think when you look at UAB and North Texas, what do they have a lot of experienced players? Um, I think McCaslin hit on it in the post game about taking care of yourself off the court. So, like, whereas you see a team like Duke, who's very young, mm-hmm. went on the, you know, they beat North Carolina last weekend, and then they didn't recover, and then they got, you know, just – absolutely torn apart by Miami you -hmm. saw like that youth thing like you know same type of thing happen but like for us in UAB I think the experience of understanding what's you know what's at stake this time of year um, the gelling of our program um, specifically you know everybody getting to play with each other a lot more so I, I think that probably helped us take care of Charlotte and helped us avoid any hangover from the UAB win. Yeah, I mean, taking that further, right? UAB has won a conference title. Last year they won, you know, the league title. Uh, and then, you know, uh, Tyler Perry has a, a D2 championship, right? I think that's what it is. Is it Juke? I forget exactly what it is. But he's won. Uh, Grant McGasson's won. His staff is full of guys that have won. Uh, they won at North Texas. They won in previous stops. 
everybody's been a part of some level of winning program. And so, yeah, you're like, you know what? That was a big win, but let's not make more of it. We're not going to give any parades, right? <laughs> We're not going to break a training program or anything like that or, you know, get too crazy because it's, it, you know, you celebrate it appropriately, but it's it's one step in a long journey, right? Um, so, yeah. So, North Texas is, uh, w- what, six in a row? This is a six win in a row first uh, the last loss was against Rice on January 19, um, and it's about next game is gonna be February 16. So just about a month, North Texas, uh, you know, will have been winning, uh, which is good, folks. The the trip to UAB, the the return trip, you know, against UAB, uh, those are two gigantic measuring games, measuring stick games, and I think North Texas came away from both of those feeling very good about where they where they are overall and you know like I said, we, we said this before about um uh this league is like I, I think north texas is in that conversation we were concerned mostly about uab and their talent level but i think in two games against them north texas has been able to neutralize that talent to the point where i mean look kj buffin hitting a wide open three from the corner is not good but also he's not really a guy that you know you're, you're gonna game plan too much again i think he's shooting like 30 percent from three he's only made eight all season um, you know, like somebody's gonna have to make a three and you want it you want it to be one of their other guys and not Jelly Walker getting a rhythm three, Eric Gaines <laughs> pulling up, or anything like that. And then the second part about it, right? That uh Jelly Walker three that could have tied it in the second overtime. I'd rather that, right? Like you want their best players pulling off miraculous, heroic kind of things that would only tie you, right? <laughs> you don't want it to beat you. Uh, I, I say this all the time, lots of different conversations, right? Is that you play a team, you don't want it to, like, like I said, in, in NBA basketball, you don't want to need to stop Kevin Durant from scoring the bucket for you to win, right? Because that's, he can score so many ways. It's just the thing. It's like, you don't want it to come down to that. Now, if it's like, well, if Kevin Durant scores a bucket, then that just ties the game. That means that you're, you've done the job, right? He's still Kevin Durant. He's still a talented player. He can still make something out of nothing. But, You've given yourself enough room where, you know, you, you don't lose the game. So in that way, I thought North Texas put themselves in a great spot. A lot of little things. A lot of, I think the two biggest plays for me were Kai Huntsbury in the post getting two huge buckets. I think one was to put him up and then one was, uh, I think, to tie. I forget exactly. It was all kind of running together. But um, they were just huge because of what we talked about. Like we needed that kind of post presence, that little two-point, um, uh, the two-point bucket that you know is not necessarily um a dive or a handoff is something it's like we're setting up to get this two-point bucket let's make it happen yeah like the whole uab game like uab wasn't playing good the, the first time we played them yeah the second time we played them with jelly walker i mean they were playing at a pretty high level mm-hmm. both teams in that game north texas and uab playing really well, playing good basketball. Yes, it was sloppy at times, especially for North Texas down the stretch, but it was still a really good basketball game from both teams. And and you saw just how evenly matched they were. Yes, UAB has has more talent overall than North Texas, but you know, we know we know what North Texas is. So no I mean we don't need to get into that. And to talk about your point about somebody like Jelly Walker and the rest of the their supporting cast, 
like my feeling is that if you're going up against a volume shooter like Jelly is, like he took what he took like 20 shots in that game. He was four uh, yeah. of seven from two point range and four of 13 from three, right? So uh, you don't really know if if you're going to stop or slow down Jelly. I think Ruben Jones did a terrific jo- a job on him making shots difficult. But for me, it's always about slowing down those role players like a KJ Buff. And we, you know, Aaron Scott did a pretty good job on him the first game, did a pretty good job on him the second game, you know, seven points. He's kind of one of those guys that's a really, you know, when he plays well, they're, they're really hard to stop. The one of their other, the Brewer brothers, the one guy that was a pretty good three point shooter. Well, they're both pretty good three point shooters, but I mean, they played pretty well. Um, Gaines, Again, he didn't take over the game like I think he's capable of doing against some lesser teams in yeah. Conference USA. Yeah. You know, for the, really the first 36 minutes again, and maybe even a little bit longer, North Texas did a great job of keeping UAB out of the lane. They were physical, but they didn't foul guys. And then really that when UAB started to seize control towards the end of the game, it was UAB was – I think our guys were tired. I think that's what I'm going to equate it to, but they were getting into the lane. Like jelly was getting to the bucket. Eric Gaines was getting to the bucket. They were getting easy looks, easy dump off passes. And so again, you know, if we have to face them down the line, you know, either it was us getting tired or they figured something out. We'll, we'll see that down either way. But my, my feeling like coming down the stretch of that game was I always felt like UAB was going to make a mistake somewhere. Like that has been their MO in these close games throughout all of conference play is they make some turnover that they shouldn't. And and they did, they, you know, Jelly Walker throwing off KJ Buffins like head a 90 mile an hour pass, like two feet in front of him. Yeah. I, I think that, that that's always the, the thing about their team right now is that they turn the ball over too much. We said that a lot, and I think for a lot of teams, it's like they they've been able to overwhelm teams with their talent and uh, sort of make up for those mistakes. Against North Texas, you have to be more perfect or closer to perfect. You have to execute, and I think that's where North Texas is able to to demonstrate their quality. Um, so I, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, yeah, North Texas is a little tired. Where they're sort of missing a guy, right? Jaden Martinez has he's played what ten minutes in the last three games, right? He was getting about 14 to 20 minutes a game all the way up until the end of January against UTEP. Um, and then that one, I think he, he didn't score. He was like 0 for 3 or something like that. And since then, one minute against Rice, in the two-overtime game against UAB, he had three minutes. And against Charlotte, he had six. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on there, but I think his, his time has been uh, shrinking. Uh, Sissoku's time has been increasing, so some of that is just like, well, we just need bigger bodies or just another guy in here. Um, but I, I thought that was interesting because like Usman, he only fouled the one time against UAB, which is great. That whole thing, I think you tweeted it right. You're like, North Texas is just making them foul us, right? Like I think uh, UAB had 22 fouls, North Texas only had 10, uh, and this is a double overtime game. <laughs> um, yeah, like if you think. All right, one team had, you know, one guy file out or, you know, five fouls or gains. Which team's that going to be? You're like, well, that must be North Texas and that must be Usman. Like, no, no, it's not. Usman only had the one foul. It's barely touching anybody. But Sissoko played nine minutes in that one. Jaden Martinez only the three. Uh, like, just a brief time for Matt Stone. I think we're seeing 
you know, the the normal is pretty normal for for Grant McGaslin, him shrinking the rotation and saying this is going to be our squad. Uh, it's Perry, Scott, Huntsbury, Usman, Edie getting twenty minutes a game, and then Ruben Jones, right? Um, and that's that's fine. I, I think there's a lot of good that Jaden Martinez does, but I think you can ask yourself, hey, is he doing it more than these other guys are? And no, if Sissoko's going to come in and give you 13, 10, 10, 10 minutes of good basketball being, you know, just big. And I take that, right? Like, I think that that is good. Um, I, I would like to see Jaden Martinez shoot threes. But if it's at the expense of having an uh, inside presence, I can see why they're making that choice. Um, and it's think also about a it this way. Thing. Yeah, go ahead. Think about it this way. You you have really in the past couple games, yes, Sissoko has played well, but think about guys like Edie and Brubin. What have they been doing the past couple games? They've actually been hitting their threes, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you needed Jaden Martinez early in the year. They weren't getting scoring from Edie and Jones. So if, if you're getting Jones, Edie, Kai, Tyler Perry scoring, you don't necessarily need that extra score off the bench and Jaden. I, I still, I'm with you. I like him. I think there's value. Um, the the analytics say that the team plays well when he's on the floor. I think he's in like some doghouse thing, but yeah. still, I think if you're McCaslin, you can afford to live with Sissoko if Ruben is putting points in the bucket and same thing with Edie. Yeah, I mean, this is the game, right? This is how it works, and I think this culture they have there where they say, look, if you're doing everything right, then you're going to get the time. And if you're not doing everything right, then you're likely to get yanked. And that's always been the case. We've seen that with uh, when it was Roosevelt Smart. We've seen that when it was uh, even, you know, like uh, quality guys like, uh, I can't can't think of their names right now, but you know what I'm saying. And I think it's fine. That's how they play, right? And I I think Jaden Martinez is going to just have to earn his spot. He gets some time. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. There, there's five five games left, right? Tech, UTEP, Charlotte, Middle, and then Western, and then the conference tournament. There's plenty of time to make your mark. you got to stay ready. This is, you know, uh, basic team basketball type stuff, right? Go earn your spot. Go earn your moment. Be ready for when when the, the time comes because it will come. You're going to get a moment. He had three minutes in this one. You got to make the most of that three minutes. And we said this about Sissoku, right? I think other teams are saying, other teams, other player, uh, fans are saying, I really like to see more Sissoku in the thing. You know, I just don't know what's going on. And we said, a lot of that is just, hey, if you have three minutes, you have to play all-star in your role three minutes, right? You can't turn the ball over <laughs> when you only have the ball one time, right? You got to turn the ball over, you got the game. You got to play that role perfectly. So that three minutes means, okay, now you earn two more. And then that five minutes means, okay, now it's two more. And that's that's how you win your spot back. you got to just own your role, be an all-star in your role. Um, and, you know, I, we don't know the details. We can probably go ask, like, hey, what, Jaden Martinez, what's his role right now? What's he doing wrong? Whatever. It it doesn't really matter so much to us. It matters that he, they're getting the coaching. It's not like a secret. They're saying, you got to do this better. You know, this is what we need from you. So he's got to go do it. And he'll have an opportunity. Since the emergence of Sissoko playing really well, I mean, the last three games, who's stepped up his game has been Usman, right? I feel like maybe there's a little bit, he's feeling a little bit less pressure. He can play how he wants to play. You know, if he gets in foul trouble, he's like, well, 
you know, it's not the end of the world because I know I got a guy behind me that can come in and provide that post presence. So like really the, the UAB game played really well. The race game, second half of there played really well, played really well against Charlotte. You're looking at seven of 13, seven of 12, seven of 10. If Usman is doing those type of things on the offensive and in the floor, you're not going to be in North Texas. You're just, you're, you're not going to do nope. it. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really great stuff. Your big man's getting, you know, 15 to 20 points a game. And yeah, so like seven to 10, that's seven shots, seven buckets. Those are seven interior buckets. I don't know how many of those were like N ones or just, you know, like even just bothering the defense with a timeout. We can't give that guy, you know, just changing the defense a little bit, making them think a lot. Uh, those are huge. You give up layups, even to a big man. That makes coaches <laughs> furious, right? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. All right. Um, a brief look ahead. We have Louisiana Tech and then UTEP, uh, both away. This is, this is a tough one. You got to go to Ruston, and then you got to basically cross the entire country to go out there to El Paso, <laughs> um, you know, which is in a different time zone. Um, this is a tough one yeah, for all those same reasons. I think after the Tech game, they, they probably are going to try to travel after the the Russin game and get out there a little early or something. I know they don't like to um travel game day that kind of thing, but we'll we'll see. I don't know. They'll figure it out. They've, they've done this before. Um UTEP still a very good defensive uh team. North Texas handled them last time. Uh what was the final then? It was like by 10 or something like that, right? Yeah. 52. Yeah, 52 42. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing about UTEP is that they don't score the ball, right? They they're not very good offensively. If you don't give them easy runouts, if you don't give them easy chances to score, then they'll kind of beat themselves. You know what I mean? Well, they, they'll make it a tough. They'll help you defend them because they're not very good. But they play very tough. They're very good defensively. They move around a lot. Um, you know, very, very much um, a Joe Golding type team. Uh, Tech, they, I said this before about it. I'm not as scared of Tech as I, as I once was under the previous coaching regime. They are, what, 6-8 and eight in conference right now? They're about middle of the pack offensively. And that's not saying, I mean, like I said, it's teams like UTSA where, like, you're like, do y'all know what the point of basketball is? It seems like you don't know how to do, you know? There's that. There's UTEP, which has, like, you know, it's like they, they, <laughs> the equivalent of saying, all right, we're going to play offense, but we're going to get all cornerbacks and linebackers to run the offense. Right? That's kind of the, the way they want to play. They're just so physical but they got no finesse uh fiu they're basically like a one or two man team rice i like what they do um charlotte they're real deliberate but they just i don't think they have like a uh, i can break down the defense type dude and then you have tech which has like no system but they got kobe williams he can score uh they have isaiah crawford he can score but i don't know that the system supports them that well there's not complementary pieces and so in a moment you're like oh kobe williams he can get to the buck against anybody but yeah, but then you start scheming against them, they don't like. Well, they don't have anything where they're they're making your defense stretch. You can just kind of, you know, pick out what they're gonna do. Um, and then and then defensively, they're not very solid, right? They're again about mid pack. Um, they're not anything. Like, North Texas is a very tough defense. UTEP is the number one defensive defensive efficiency. We've seen how good and how well FAU is when they're you know they're playing well, they move well, they challenge shots. UAB. They're physical and they like to gamble, but North, I think North Texas is just the most complete. 
Um, cause they've just been doing it for longer, right? It's like a, a program thing. It's just instilled in them. Middle Tennessee, they like to take a lot of chances. Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, I, I'm not scared of them. I just see, I see teams scoring against them too easily when then they're, they're kind of looking at each other like, what? Weren't you, weren't you supposed to come over here? And like, no, no, I was put. When you're doing that, you're not really ready to play <laughs> defense, yeah? So that's, that's my Louisiana Tech in a nutshell analysis. What do you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you. I, I think they have the one or two players that, that concern you, but overall as a team, like, yeah. I mean, I wasn't impressed when I watched them play. Like, what did they do to us? They got to the free throw line. That's, you know, we, we had a great first half against them where we were moving the ball. Everything looked good. Then the second half we got stagnant and they got to the free throw line and that contributed, I think, to the game being stagnant even more. And then, you know, you had Kai Huntsbury bail us out at the end. But again, like you said, the Kobe Williams, he's a really nice player. Isaiah Crawford, really nice player. Keiston Keiston Willis, really nice three-point shooter. So they have the pieces. They just don't really have the system. And maybe that's, you know, the new coach being in place there and Conkle leaving. You know, you mentioned that they're, they're just not as crisp, right? So that's what I see, too. Like, I'm not... I'm not scared of them as a team. I'm scared of an individual effort because I think Kobe Williams can be a really great player on a night. We've seen Isaiah Crawford. He's beat us before on having a really great night. So, I mean, and then again, anytime you travel on the road in conference play that, you know, that could be difficult. Maybe the UTEP game scares you more after traveling, but I mean, you know, it's just where we're at, where you've seen North Texas play past you know from the rice game to the uab game to the charlotte game it just kind of feels like this team is clicking like they just it just looks a lot better on the court than it did at the beginning of conference play mm-hmm. yeah the, you can you can see it it's like there's like what, what does that mean it's like uh like on offense there are fewer possessions where it looks like what were they doing where the guys are like no, you're supposed to cut. And Grant's like, you're supposed to set a screen. Why would you not pass the ball? And it's got like that kind of stuff. There are fewer instances of that where guys are they're moving. They know what they want to do before it, you know, the ball gets to them and they attack. Um, and um, you know, like I think for me, like A. Scott's played well since that uh, Mid South trip, right? Basically, the turn of the year, right? He's just been playing at a consistent level and he said not it's not always like i'm gonna go score all the time or something like that like he had some moments he's only getting about 10 points a game since that point right i think before yeah i'm looking at it now before january 5th he had only one double digit game all season it was, it's against nebraska omaha that just everybody's gonna score uh it's one of those things where the coach says look everybody's gonna score in this one um but we got to keep the intensity up everybody play hard uh and then since then so he had Four straight games, double-digit points. And then against like that middle section, he only had a couple here and there. And then, But since uh, UTEP, it was 13 points, 12 points, and then five against UAB and four against Charlotte. But we're not asking of him to do a whole lot in those moments. He's getting big-time points, right? The UAB, the five points he got there, one was you know, to send the game to overtime, hitting a clutch free throw. It's when it's happening. You know, Is he ready to do it? Yeah, he's only taking four shots. He's scoring when his opportunities come up, and I think it's great. Everything else he's bringing to the table is like energy and effort. Um, that's huge. So I, I like that from I like that from him. Two things about Aaron Scott. One, 
the charge that he took against Jemison was legendary, <laughs> and it should be like a mural. It should be like a mural somewhere on the wall in the facility because, like, I saw it. Ha- I mean, there was a couple times before that where I was like, "Man, if somebody just, you know, plants their feet, Jemison's going to charge." Like he was just being way too aggressive getting in the paint, and you know, <laughs> and it was going to be Scott that did it. The second thing is he has to lead the country and fouling jump shooters like he just absolutely has to every time there's a foul it's like it's aaron scott and he's fouling the three-point shooter a three-point shooter look i I love all the other stuff like right the rebounding and all that but can we stop fouling jump shooters (laughs) yeah well that's one of those things right it happens because you think you can it's you know it's that brett far with throw interception because he thinks he can fit the ball in there and he can fit the ball in there except when he can't and then it was an interception so yeah it's like that reminds me of that Tyler Perry shot at the end of the first overtime when it was like six seconds left, and then I think somebody texted me, like, who gets the shot right here? I was like, it has to be Tyler Perry. And then it's, a, <laughs> it's basically an air ball from half court. And you see, you, you know, I wrote about it, but you see Grant McGasson like, what the? F-? <laughs> the whole time the ball's in the air, and you can, you can see him in his, it's like, if it went in, he would be like, I'm happy that went in, but I'm going to still yell at you. Like, what were you thinking? Uh, you want your best player to take that shot or have the confidence to take that shot, but also you don't want it to be an air ball. So, I mean, I, I think that's – I totally get why Tyler Perry did it, uh, but he just doesn't have that in his in his wheelhouse right now, in his bag of tricks. Um, and I think he would have got a better shot. But I like the confidence. <laughs> just, uh so you know that that Aaron Scott thing. I don't like to talk about my own terrible uh, athletic career, but that reminded me of when I was like a freshman. I was like freshman basketball, like first day, right? It was like practice or something, and you know they were talking about like whatever. I had a guard. I think it was our senior defensive end. So the guy was built like like he was basically a man, and I was barely out of middle school, right? You know what I mean? Like I think I had a little muscle here and there, maybe on my forearm or something. Uh, and so I, I had a deep, and I was trying to be like the coach, hands up, you know, get big and whatever. And he caught the ball in the post. He took a dribble and he put his shoulder into my chest and I flew back about seven feet. And I don't know if I breathed in the next minute or two, you know, I was just like, <coughs> and the coach was like, are you hurt? And I was like, I couldn't even answer him. He's like, are you hurt? I was like, no, <laughs> but I couldn't breathe. And he's like, well, then get up there. You gotta go. That reminded me of that, is that, uh, yeah, Trey Jemison is a dude. He got Dwight Howard shoulders up there. That guy's a monster. Um, and so that was no easy feat. I mean, Aaron Scott's a big dude. He's, still, you know, whatever. But he's a little, you can tell he's a kind of light-framed, right? He's not, <laughs> he's not going to play he's tight end. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. Uh, so, you know, that didn't feel too good. <laughs> and you give him a little extra praise for that one. Uh, so that was, that was... Because he he's six seven two hundred pounds. Aaron Scott is, which is you know that's yeah oh two hundred pounds, but that's over six foot seven. There's a lot of you got to spread that out. Uh, you know, Trey Jemison's like, what do you think? What's your guess? He's two sixty, mm. and I yeah. think I think that's that's being mm. light. He's probably a little bit bigger than two sixty. With a body fat percentage of probably <laughs> like two percent or something. Yeah. <laughs> and and just like the way that we know Jemison plays, like I mean he yeah. plays aggressive yeah yeah like there's there's a difference between like you know ali khalifa and 
and Trey Jemison and how people use their weight on the court Mm -hmm. and move people around. And it's just, it's, you know, I appreciate Jemison for the way that he plays the game violently. (laughs) Yeah. See, like Khalifa, he's one of those guys. He played against one of those guys. There's a version of him everywhere, even at the Y where he'll use his thighs and you'll kind of wear you out because you have to, it's hard to get around him and he's, you know, you can't move him easily, but Maybe you can out-jump him or something like that. But he just kind of uses his size to be big. And then there's guys, like you said, that are like that football player type dude where you're like, you know what? I took the ball from him, but I felt like I paid a price. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I got the ball, but an elbow hit me, you know, and that hurt, and I'm just bruised. And you're like, yeah, I don't want to. So then the next play comes up, and you're like, I don't know if I really want the ball as much as I did <laughs> the last possession, you know? And so then maybe they score. And then they, they throw, you can see, you can see it, right? Jimson like throws the ball at the backboard. And you're like, there's like no touch. You got no, it's, it's the, the it's, there's no slider. Like we'll, we'll boop this up to like 80. Just a little tad, like those old weight things <laughs> where you just kind of tap it, tap it, tap it. It's not that it's all the way left. It's all the way right. There's nothing in between. It's 100% or nothing. And yeah, I, I appreciate that. But, uh, uh, that's how you get hit in the mouth. Get, get some elbows, uh, you know. Speaking of slider, <laughs> I was thinking of this after the game, and and when we were going to talk, I was like, you know, UAB doesn't seem like they have a fastball defensively. Like they have to throw every type of junk pitch at you. They got to mm-hmm. throw a half court trap. They got to throw one three one. They got to you know trap you you know really aggressively but they can't play man-to-man straight-up mm-hmm. defense on you. Um, they could last year because you had a guy like Quan Jackson and you had some other dudes who were good defenders, but they don't have that guy this year. So I was like, I think that, you know, I just wanted to see what you, your thoughts were on that. No, I, I think that's a good point, right? Is that like, we, we said that about North Texas too. We we looked a little we looked a little vulnerable against the Rice and then a couple of other teams went, they, you know, guys are getting to the lane. But I think what's good about North Texas is that they're still willing to play that way. That There's not like, well, we don't believe in our man-to-man defense as much, so we're just not going to play it. We still say, and I don't, nobody's actually said this in front of me, but I imagine that there's like, no, this is how we play defense. We play defense like this, man-to-man, you know, the basically, you know, like we got to, we're gonna, this is how we're going to play. And I think that belief in it, it's like belief in your be able to, uh, uh, maybe maybe your fastball is not 97. But like, you know what? It's going to be 89 and I have placement. And that's what it is, right? To use a baseball analogy. It's like, I'm going to put it where I want. And I believe in the control of it. And so then, you know, if I have the other junk pitch or whatever, it's going to make this more effective because I believe in this pitch and, I, you know, like my control over it. So you can still get by with it. Like Tyler Perry by himself, he's not, a guy you're like, well, this is a shutdown kind of defender. But he will play defense 100%. He'll get in there. He'll dig. He'll be in the right spots. He'll fight over screens. And so he's not a liability, right? I think I think UAB has some kind of uh, – just a couple times with Jelly Walker or Eric Gaines are kind of caught. They're like, I'm going to go for a steal. I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to cheat. And they don't really do all the other little things. So I, I agree with you. Um you know, like if you get a Quan Jackson on that squad, it would make them gambling a little bit better because then Quan Jackson's going to make you throw a terrible pass. And so then Jelly's going to steal it and then he's going to get a layup and like, oh, wow, Jelly has three steals in this game. Ah, that was Quan Jackson shutting me down. I couldn't, I couldn't see where to pass <laughs> the ball. 
that said, we had some terrible passes in that UAB game, like throwing the ball over, and uh, it led mm-hmm. to a couple runouts. I didn't love that too much, but what are you going to do? I, I felt – I'll pat myself on the back a little bit. I felt in that game going into it, I was like, there's going to be stretches where North Texas looks like the better team, and there's going to be stretches when you're like, wow, how does – like UAB is just good. They, they are clearly the better team. <laughs> And there was a little bit of that where it was like back and forth. And you're like, oh, how, you know, I, this team is clearly better. Oh, no, no, I was wrong. That team is the best team. And, you know, North Texas survived uh, in a lot of ways, but whatever. That That's how you, it's, that's the game. You know, uh, we beat them twice. And I, I I think that tells you a lot. In two games, yeah, they had a guy, you know, injured, that kind of stuff, but that's also the game. Uh, North Texas beat UAB twice. In the same way, we respect FAU. That North Texas was in both those games and lost by a combined like ten points or something. Was it four and four, eight points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the game. FAU beat North Texas fair and square, home and away. North Texas beat UAB fair and square, home and away. Um, and that tells you everything you need to know, right? FAU is going to deserve to get the number one spot. They're gonna, they will have earned it. Uh, and I think right now North Texas deserves the second spot. And we're what three games behind. It's two on the standings, but they have the tiebreaker, right? So it's like three yeah. uh, behind FAU, and we are three games, four games ahead of, of UAB, right? It's three on the standings, but we have the tiebreaker. So this is, it's number one and two. It's sort of settled in, barring a collapse. And it could, you know, Tech, UTEP, Charlotte, Middle and Western. Um, like mid- Middle and Western, we talked about them a lot. They are like the same team sometimes like you know what on some nights they look like wow they're very good they got really good defense about middle and the other nights you're like yeah they they give effort but i don't know how they ever score and then western you're like sometimes you're like oh you know i can see this they got so much talent and the other times you're like i don't know how they just don't play defense um you know they yeah i mean i was looking i was looking at western and i know they you know, they beat up UTEP, they beat up UTSA, and then they, they got a, a big win against Middle Tennessee. And the guy, you know, they lost Frampton, and we, we talked about that um, last week. But they had the, the Kentucky transfer, Dante Allen, mm-hmm. and he's turned to play big minutes for them. And he's what he's doing is really the Frampton role, but I think he's doing it a little bit better. He's in he's threes, and he's a little bit more athletic. So I think – they're going to be a team to watch down the stretch. I think they're like in the eighth spot right now. Yeah. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they get up to the sixth spot. I think I feel pretty comfortable thinking UAB is going to be the three seed, the the way that they're playing. North Texas two, FAU one, and then four or five. You know, you mentioned the teams middle. Um, Rice got a big bounce back win yesterday against FIU on FIU's home court, which you know a lot of people don't play well there. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami Curtis and then yeah you know middle is just kind of right now they're not playing good basketball at all and so they need to kind of find themselves so I you know I, Western's kind of that team that you know if they can figure it out the talent is is there like we mentioned before so yeah so we had a discussion about like guard play and that kind of thing and I think that 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 applies Right, like Davion McKnight, he gives you, you know, I have the best player on the court kind of chance, right? Is that you don't need a whole lot of offense if you have a guy who brings his whole offense. And there are some times when Davion McKnight looks unguardable. He has no fear. 
He's added. I saw him do a couple step out. Like he, the thing about him is you're like, well, he can't shoot the three. But I think this year he's shooting like 30%. He's shooting 40% in conference, like 12 to 31, which is not like all of his made threes are in conference play. 12 to 31, 12 to 41 overall, right? So creeping up to 40%. And he's he kind of picks and chooses them. It's not like he's out there yakking them up. Uh, I think he's missed his last five over two games or something. But against FIU, he made two or three, right? FAU two or four. It's like he'll he'll pick and choose sometimes, and he'll hit some threes. Uh, he has that ability, but the other part is that he can get into lane. He can he can score in the paint. He can draw. You know, he get foul trouble. Talking about fouling jump shooters, he has that ability to score while also making you uh, getting you off balance, which could which could lead to foul trouble, and it creates this thing where you're just like he has thirty points. Our best defenders in foul trouble. And, you know, he just he keeps getting into the paint. And then, you know, that, that can create some things happening. So I'm concerned about them just for that talent, right? You just have that situation. And like you said, they have enough guys that are willing to shoot, willing to score, that if he's cooking and he's just kicking out and he's just dealing, he's finding all the answers and the guys are hitting threes and you're like, you know, I don't know, we're down five with uh, three minutes left. You know, I guess this team is not good. Whatever, so that it's very, very possible, and I, I respect Western for that. And then the same thing with, like, middle. You can see them. You see the way they play. With, you know, uh, it could be very easy to find yourself down 10, 15 points, even if they're not scoring easily or they don't have a good offense or that kind of stuff just because they play with such effort. Uh, we saw it. We went to middle, and we, you know, we got punched in the face. We were down, like, 20 points or whatever it was. Uh, and... It took it took some effort, took some doing from North Texas to come back in that one, and you know if if a ball bounces this way or that way, or maybe Aaron Scott is not shooting as well as he as he was at the time. It's very easy to see, like, well, you know, North Texas played well and they should have won that game, but they didn't. Took an L in the middle, and if that happens in Frisco, that's that's it. You're out of the tournament. So I I, I respect Middle, I respect Western, uh, I don't respect Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, North I don't really have anything to say about that that game because it was just you know just a whooping. You know, it's like, well, y'all are not ready to play at this level, uh, 49ers. You know, and that was it. Just just whooped them, beat them in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know, shot the ball well, nine of seventeen from three. I mean, I don't know, eight of eight. <laughs> Uh, from the from the line, it was like, that was it, right? Uh, Ruben Jones, the only one making free throws. See, didn't even need to yeah, get quite a few. Yeah, I, the one thing I want to say about that game was how Ruben played. Like I, I tweeted out, like I I love the way that Ruben plays because like it's just it's fun to watch because it's it's free and open and his passing ability and like when he is in his bag, man, oh, it's just so fun. And he was in it last night. He had the behind-the-back pass going and, you know, the wraparound bounce pass to Usman. Oh, man. Uh, so he played really well. And, and Edie, like, too. Like, you know, Edie only got, what, he had 27 minutes. But if you're getting 10 points from Edie, that, that's big. So from December 31 to January 28, uh, Ruben Jones made six total three-point shots. Um, from February fourth, February eleventh, he made five. He's 
getting back to the Reuben Jones that we knew before, who was about a, I'd say about mid thirties, uh, three point shooter, right? I think his freshman year, uh, he yeah he forty percent. Yeah, he was like a forty percent shooter. He only shot sixty of them, right? But it was good. A lot of them were standstill, kind of like, uh, sort of extended corner threes. Um, last year he got a few more, and he was taking some off the dribble and then from different spots. He shot one hundred and ten last year, and made thirty eight. Uh, in conference play, he shot about thirty five percent, right? Twenty two of sixty two. This year he's been down a ton, twenty six percent. Not shooting him as often. Uh, just definitely doesn't look comfortable doing it. But in the last three games, he's looked so much more comfortable. And like you said, he's been hitting him. Uh, and I think it's not like he's hitting him and there he's scoring. I think he's feeling better. He's feeling more comfortable. And you talked about him being in his bag. Um, he he looks like the guy. I don't know if y'all, y- y'all go back and listen to it. When we talked about in the postseason wrap-up last year after the NIT, we were like, I want Ruben Jones to be that dude because he has the skills. He has He can handle the ball. He can get to the cup. He has the size. You know, what is he like? Um, I can't remember. How six foot five. Yeah, he's like six five. And they had him playing like small forward, but he can handle the ball. He can play the one spot. He can shoot it a little bit, right? And we only thought he could be, he can get 10 points just getting to the line every game. Just attacking, attacking the rim. He has enough of the mid-range so he can keep you off balance. But, yeah, like like last night, right? Or, yeah, last night. 13 points, uh, he had eight free throws, and he hit a three, right? That's that's an easy, cool 13 points in 26 minutes. In 42 minutes, he had 12. He had to do a little bit more against uh, against UAB because we asked him to defend a lot. But that's, as, you know, like between Kai, we didn't really know what we were going to have in Kai. We didn't know there was going to be a Kai Huntsbury coming in. But we were like, we need somebody to attack the rim. To me, the number one option is Ruben Jones. Now, you got hurt, and I think – this is a perfect if, – if you're ever going to get into – mid-February, getting into March is the time to to realize the full breadth of your powers, right? <laughs> so, you know what? <laughs> I can score a lot. I can do all this. That's a great time to do it because that's when it matters. Um, and I'm excited to see it. Uh, yeah, like here is point totals from January 11th on. Four, seven, six, two, five, two, zero. Last three games, 13, 12, 13. You know? That's that's about what we were thinking it would be, um, and again Rice Rice was like a bounce back game going down there showing out. We thought oh well, you know he's <laughs> he scored thirteen points in like three games, or four games before that Rice game. You and I thought well he's showing out for the home squad, but against UAB big time team, twelve points. Charlotte bounce back game easy to kind of lose some rhythm. No no we're gonna get thirteen points in this one and be the MVP in it. Uh, had five assists. You know, that's what I want to see. More Reuben Jones, please. I agree with you. And then Greg will buy all your shirts. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, those were cool shirts. I'm just saying. Uh, uh, they should put them online. I know it's like mom said she was going to bring them to the game. She should put them online sell them. Uh, yeah, Tyler Perry had 12 points. He, he's he been good. I think it's really – anytime you see great greatness night in, night out, right, I think maybe there's a lot of Mavericks fans. You saw Dirk Nowitzki, Dirk Nowitzki for a lot of years and you just kind of like all right he got his 25 points um it's kind of hard to to see how hard that is to get 25 points in an NBA game <laughs> to score you know 30,000 points in a, in in uh in a career uh you know I was a Spurs fan seeing Tim Duncan be great every night that's that's a thing 
Uh, now, are these guys, is Tyler Perry a Tim Duncan? Is it Dirk Nowitzki? No, no, he's done at NBA Hall of Fame level. But for North Texas, this is greatness, right? Uh, night in, night out, hitting the hugest buckets. You know, he had 28 against UAB. When we say we need our stars to show up against the league's, you know, most talented team, will you do it? He said yes, right? Every time we need Tyler Perry to step up, he's been there. He's unafraid of the moment. He shot 14 threes in that one. He only made four, but <laughs> 10 to 10 from, from the free throw line. Um, you know, like big-time stuff. He had a double-clutch layup in there, drew a big foul. Uh, he just even getting into the lane, creating havoc inside. All that was good. Shout out Tyler Perry, our best player, playing his best at the biggest time. So definitely, uh, you know, want to mention that. Um, anybody else that stood out? I, I feel like Ty, Tyree Eady plays, and I don't know what he's doing. Like I, I, <laughs> I can't say that I know he's been doing great. And I look back at the stat sheet, and I'm like, oh, he had a good game, or he, you know, he did some he good played. Yeah. So, like when when they get into their rotations late later in the game, it's often Eady is flipping with Aaron Scott, and I think like their games are very similar because they're both good at cutting and finding open spaces along that baseline. Right. And, and so we, at the beginning of the season, you had guys that weren't moving and really didn't know what they were doing. And Edie really the second half of the season, he's done a great job at creating movement, cutting, and he's hitting three. So if, you, if you're getting two of four, one of two, one of three, if you're getting that from Travis Edie, that makes the offense that more valuable because you have to pay attention to him. You can't just say, well, he's going to stand there in the corner and not mm-hmm. move. No, he's going to move. He's going to get some lay. He had a beautiful reverse layup last night. Yeah. And he plays good defense too. So you got to, you know, he's a six, five guy, you know, two fifteen. He's pretty solid built. Uh, I mean, he's was known for his defense coming in in North Texas, but he scored double digits. He ever double digits mm-hmm. at North Dakota state last year. So, I mean, that's just, when you look at the, the construct construction of the team, if you have, if you're getting the output we're getting right now from Huntsbury, Perry, Edie, and Ruben Jones, it's a really hard team to beat, especially then when you throw in Usman doing what he's doing. Yeah, uh, I like for me the guy that's really stepping up is Kai Huntsbury because he's been asked to do, like we said, clutch scoring, right? That's outside of the Tyler Perry Usman kind of duo. Um, he, you know, he's, we've asked him to do a lot of the hard work, bringing the ball to the court, right? Do all the the, the ugly work that you got to be the the main ball handler. Uh, he swaps with with TP with that in in that responsibility, and Ruben Jones a little bit, but you know, uh, I think he's been huge. He only scored the nine against Charlotte, but that was his night off basically. <laughs> he had fifteen against UAB, and I, I cannot tell you how important and clutch those buckets were against UAB. Really, um, it was what all the last four minutes of the game, and I, yeah, I think yeah. they highlighted it on the the broadcast, and they, they tweeted it out where he's like, in the last five minutes of the game, he's shooting seventy three percent from the field and eighty three percent from the free throw line. Like, I mean, you know, when we discussed last year when they needed that extra player to go get buckets at the rim because that wasn't something that Drez did. Like Huntsbury has become that guy, and he's 
Well, what I hope to see from him is to stop deferring so much at times on the court to like TP or mm-hmm. Ruben Jones to just be like, look, dude, go get you a bucket because he can go get himself a bucket. The other thing he does is he creates mismatches. So if teams like Rice are going to put big guys on Tyler Perry, then chances are the smallest guy on the court is going to be Garden Huntsbury. And then you've got a, you got a 6'3", 215 you know, pound physical guard and there's Huntsbury working people over in the post with his little baby hook. Um, I love that. Baby he, hook, man, that, that thing is, is so look, I had to, you know, like, uh, I was like in middle school and stuff. They're like, you're kind of tall. So I had to do a lot of post work. And so I respect the, the post man's game, you know, like it, it's not just, yeah, go be big and do whatever you got to There's, there's footwork involved. And then, you know, like I think uh, you think about the greats, the great guards in the NBA, right? Uh, like obviously like Kobe Bryant, Mike Jordan. But then you think about other guards, Gary Payton, right? Gary Payton had a great post-up game. Uh, Jay Kidd, he had a good one, you know, like and being able to score in more ways than just taking some guy off the dribble is important. Uh, and I totally respect Kai Huntsbury's ability to score. About that clutch, the clutch thing, right? We talked about this before on this show. You can go back and listen to it. We got it on tape. Um, it's one thing to score 20 points a game. It's another when you score those 20 points, right? Like one reason why we have uh, love and we'll always have love for Javion Hamlet is uh, when he was, you know, carrying his team and doing big-time stuff, um, his biggest points, his biggest runs came when it mattered the most, Right. And that conference tournament run, I think against Middle Tennessee, he scored, you know, uh, that was a blowout. That Old Dominion game, he scored like eight points in the last two minutes or something like that, right? Louisiana Tech, uh, uh, I think all his points came in the last five minutes. Uh, Western Kentucky, you know what I mean? Uh, big time, time to score, OT against a, against an important squad. Here's 20 points. Um, when it mattered, that's when he can get points, right? That's That's what you want, so... Is Kai Huntsbury in the Javion Hamlet discussion? No, not yet. If if Kai Huntsbury scores thirty points a game on the way to leading North Texas into the NCAA tournament and then and then a win against a Purdue or something, then yeah, we can talk about Kai Huntsbury and, and Javion Hamlet in the same in the same breath. But right now, clutch buckets time. Kai Huntsbury is unafraid of the moment and he's been getting big time buckets and uh I'm happy to see it. You look at the last time we went to the NCAA tournament, which was, was the Hamlet they had two guys that could get clutch buckets. You mm-hmm. had Hamlet, but you had Drez, mm-hmm. who had big-time threes in a lot of games. So now, look at this team. You got Huntsbury, who's becoming a clutch player and hitting big-time shots. And you still have Tyler Perry, who's one of the you know clutchest players in college basketball. Um, so maybe I'm trying to say maybe we could get back to the NCAA tournament with this type of – yeah, I'm I'm hopeful that both these guys are back next year because I think Huntsbury in particular, like the growth of his game, like just have full confidence in what he's doing a year in the program. Like I think they're gonna be really good. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I I think for me, and this is a great part about following the squad is they all have this level of mental toughness that I think is just. It's not. I don't know that you can scout for it, right? You, there's no stats page that says mental toughness, like 95, right? It doesn't. It didn't tell you that. Um, and you know, like I always think back again to that that championship year when uh, it was against Western, right? That Thomas Bell. You look at the stats. One of seven from three. 
that at one point he was like oh of five right from distance or it was like oh six and everybody online <laughs> was like this get this dude out the game because he is garbage he was breaking it up and then it was like late in overtime he hit a clutch three he shot it with confidence right well what does that take that takes mental toughness right it's very easy to shoot the wide open three when you're up 20. It's very difficult to shoot the three that they've been leaving you wide open for, right? When you're down three or down two and you need to shoot it, right? Like that, that just takes another level of uh, belief in yourself and trust in your teammate and your team and all this other good stuff. And then to still play hard the whole time, right? Again, Thomas Bell in that game had like three blocks and uh, 10 rebounds and he he did a lot of stuff and there was a lot more reason why we needed him on the court than than for his shooting but it would have been great if he made more than just the one the one three in that game but <laughs> that three that he did make uh make was very huge and very important and it took um lots of just it, you know what i'm saying it's a testament to his ability his mental toughness his mental talent that he was able to shoot that and so i totally respect him like i said it, it's the thing that runs through this program is like there's a lot of dudes that are um, uh, you know, unfazed by adversity, right? That's what I was thinking about, like Jaden Martinez. He sounds like it's probably like a guy, given that he's part of his whole squad, that he's not playing that well. He's not getting a whole lot of minutes. But I have full confidence that when his time, when his time and his number is called in the NCAA tournament, uh, or the conference tournament, that he's gonna step up and play well. Um, you know, I I, I think that's. That's something I'm confident in in his team, and that's great because you know I follow a lot of teams. I'm like, oh, uh, they they're done, <laughs> they're done. I know it's <laughs> three minutes into the game, but uh, you know the guy didn't like the way the ref was refing that play, and he's gonna be checked out the rest of this game. Right? You don't want that. This team's like, well, you know, whatever. We're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep fighting, and I like that. that that's great to watch. It's very entertaining. Um, let's see what am I looking at here? All right, we got about seven, eight more minutes left in this in this podcast. Uh, one, I want a Super Bowl prediction, and then two, give me a little preview of this Tech and UTEP uh, two-step coming up on the 16th and the 18th. Um, I <laughs> guess we can start with the Tech and UTEP preview. I mean, we've talked a little bit about them already. We know, like, winning on the conf- on the road in conference play is difficult. I think if we can, again, be physical, don't foul Louisiana Tech, can we keep Kobe Williams in front of us, really, and kind of keep Isaiah Crawford out of the middle of the paint? Um, that'll be that, – that'll kind of be – see where the game plan is right there, right? Because I, I think they'll make some adjustments to how we defended them uh, the previous time. Uh, secondly is like that, that travel from Louisiana Tech to UTEP, you know, we I think we play a 6 p.m. game, Louisiana Tech. So at least you're not playing 7 or 8 o'clock game. <laughs> yeah. That helps out a little bit. Um, but, again, playing at UTEP, we struggled uh, out there. So, you know, again, it's a difficult place to play for us. Uh, it's one of those games where, right, it's just when you play UTEP, there's no real rhythm to the game. Like, it's just – especially like with us because we play slow, they play grinded out and, and it's just, it's an ugly brand of basketball mixed together. Yeah, It takes like 48 hours to get there. And then it's like, you know, a different elevation. It's a different time zone. And then they're, they're, they're just a bunch of guys. They don't play basketball. They just play, they play boxing. 
So it makes sense <laughs> that it's tough to play them. Yeah, I mean, I I think they'll be okay. So I, I think being out there last year and struggling out there last year, I think they'll be able to make some adjustments into how they schedule, how what they do. Yeah. Um, well, that, there'll probably be some benefit there. So, I mean, it's... Well, again, reason, we're getting... I was going to say, if there's any reason to donate to the program so they can get a private plane, I guess. <laughs> fly, out there. <laughs> fly out there in luxury. Yeah. Um, so, again, it'll just be interesting to see how those play out. I mean, we're getting to that time of the year where things are tight. You know, we're right now we're, we're 50th in the net rankings. We're 59th in Ken Palm. Um, we got a little boost from the analytics because we had such a great game yesterday. And then um, – Yeah, we jumped up know, from like 68th or something like that, right? Is that right? It was like 69, I think. So, UAB, I mean, like – You 66 now, in case anybody's wondering. When you, Yeah, when you beat somebody like like we did, you're going to move up high in the, the rank. Because, I mean, your offensive efficiency number was 143, which like was the fourth or fifth highest in – Graham McCaslin and the Graham McCaslin era. So, I mean, that's the numbers in like Ken Palm are driven like your defensive efficiency, your offensive efficiency, and then some other things mixed in. And because we played so well, it helped bump up our offensive efficiency number, which we were kind of like, I think we were 116 ranked overall. And then we got, I think, close, might be in the top 100 now or something. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's just keep playing good basketball, keep staying healthy. Um, you know, if we're able to make a, if we win out and we make a run in Frisco and we win the conference tournament, it's going to benefit your seating. Cause like really FAU, they should probably win out and they're going to be an at large team. Even if they don't win, they, they, if they win out, they're getting in and they'll probably get in as like a seven, six seed, maybe. If North Texas wins out, wins conference tournament, you know, we're looking at like an, a 10 seed, I think is a pretty good possibility. Yeah, that sounds about right. That that so, St. Mary's game didn't really help us out at all. but um. Yeah, but I think when you're the committee, if, if they actually do their research, and I don't think that they probably won't do it as well as like we will and some of the other bracketologists, but you have to look like there was – Everybody was sick. You didn't have Reuben Jones. You didn't have Tyler Perry. You didn't have anybody, right? So you have to discount that game. But then you look at like a loss against UNC Wilmington, who was playing really well for part of the year, then they've fallen off. And then, you know, the Rice loss doesn't really look that good unless they can start to bounce back. Our best non-conference victory right now is San Jose State, which got a huge win last night against Utah State. Um, so that's a move. I think that helped move us up in some of the rankings. Right now, San Jose State's like 102 in the net ranking. They need to be ranked 100 for us to get a quad two victory out of that. Um, and they've got opportunities. They got, they got three games coming up against opponents in the top 100 in Kempom. So if they're playing well down the stretch, that benefits us. So there's all little little pieces to watch for, and I know we don't want to talk about the NIT because we're hopeful to get in the NCAA tournament, but, but I mean, I feel like there's a good chance that postseason play is going to be there for North Texas should the unfortunate thing happen in Frisco and we don't get all the way. 
Yeah, you know, um, I still like the NIT. I think they're changing it up. I think the the final's not going to be in New York this year, or this is the last year in New York. I forget what. Um, but you know, whatever. I, I think the I, NIT is worth playing. I thought the the playing Texas State was was a good sort of measuring stick for for North Texas there. But I thought playing Virginia was good. Kind of got you know the the brand out there a little bit, and you know it's a loss in in overtime. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of that. Um, but nobody wants to play for the NIT, and that's that's fine. You don't you don't have to love the NIT. Uh, <laughs> um, I I feel real good about North Texas' chances in the conference tournament. I think we saw that FAU is a team that's tough. They're gonna be tough to beat. They're tough out, but they're not so much better than North Texas that you know it it, it like you can't beat them. And the thing that North Texas has in their favor again is that. Uh, this squad has been good before, and they've been playing in a conference tournament setting. Tyler Perry has had conference tournament experience. Uh, FAU was a disappointment last year, right? They they came back, they brought a lot of talent back, and they've been good in a regular season. But I don't know. They, they haven't shown it yet, and I think they're going to get tested in the conference tournament, and they're going to be like, oh, well, this team is playing differently. Usually when we go play a Charlotte, they're just kind of, you know, it's like a Thursday night, whatever. Now it's it's on the road. It's a tournament setting. It's just a little different. Um, and, you know, th- that's a different question that gets asked of you. Maybe they answer that in a positive. But it could, there's, there's going to be a couple moments when they're going to look up and they say, you know what? Our whole season's on the line right now. Like, if we don't get this bucket or if we don't get this stop or if we don't play better in this five-minute stretch, then it's all over. And I think that make, that gives different feelings to different guys. right? So I don't know. I, you know, it's like I'm not ready to say FAU is going to just romp through this tournament because it's different. UAB was very good last year, and Middle Tennessee had them beat, right? It took a Jelly <laughs> Walker dribble down the court, pull up from, from like 36 feet or whatever it was to hit a three in somebody's face for them to keep going, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, like how how I felt like the pressure, who was it going to be on in the in the tournament, right? So I felt like last year North Texas played – like almost perfectly for the whole season. And then I felt like they had a tremendous amount of pressure on themselves in Frisco because you don't want to waste that entire great season and then not get into the tournament. I think that impacted them in the Louisiana Tech game. Mm -hmm. For FAU, if they're able to, you know, pretty much secure an at-large berth, um, you know, maybe they're going to play a little bit more freely in Frisco versus – if they lose one game down the stretch, maybe two, which I don't think it will happen, but let's say they do, then then the pressure becomes like we had this historic season by our, you know, yeah, uh, you know, and then now now like you said, we look up at the clock. There's four minutes left. It's you know a two point game. Like oh my god, are we gonna lose this? And then like UAB in North Texas, I don't know if there's gonna be. I don't think there's gonna be a lot of pressure. Like I, I think UAB is kind of reminds me of the year North Texas won it when they played like crap for most of the <laughs> season down the stretch, but they had that dude and that was JV on him that UAB has played like crap, but they had that dude as jelly Walker. Right. I mean, what, what is his mindset going to be going into Frisco, Frisco? I don't know, but he's the guy that can take over the whole tournament. Yeah, and for North that, Texas, that's, that's a ahead. good point. And and yeah, like UAB came to North Texas and beat us twice, right? I think it was like two games in a row. That was a weird season, but they came to North Texas and they they won 
two games there. And so then North Texas went from being like having a bye to falling all the way into that first first round. And so then, hey, we were like, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they can do it. Like maybe they still have the talent to win a couple, but they put themselves in a very terrible position. And then, you know, I said like it, it if I think it focused everybody. JV on Hamlet played terrible in those two games too. I think he only had like six points or something. Um, and then he went on a mission. I totally can see that. I think it's a great, a great comparison, a good call out that Jelly Walker is one of those dudes that's like, you know what? I can score 40. And he could score 40 by himself. It, it, it's really, it's, do you think that North Texas last year, and I think maybe it's the limitation, is that you, you mentioned how well they had to play all season, playing good defense all the time. Is that I don't think they have much room for improvement, right? Like Thomas Bell was playing just about as good as basketball as he could play. I don't know that he could get 25 points on a game, right? There's, there's not really, like Tyler Perry was that, he was that wild card. He was the guy that you're like, you can shake him up, maybe he's going to get 40 for you, maybe. But I don't know. And I think North Texas right now still has some room for improvement, right? We see Kai Huntsbury get a little bit better, get a little bit more confidence. We see Ruben Jones getting back to his old self. And so now it's 13 points. But I can, I think he can score 25 easily because he get he can get 10 so easily. That's what I was saying. So if you play just a little bit better, 10% better, that 10 becomes 20, right? Because now you got a couple free throws there. And then if you're really feeling it, that 25 could be 30, right? You know, that that's how it works. Um, but I think 10 for him is easy. He can get 10. And so I, I, I feel like there's room for improvement. You look at Edie, they got shooters right there, right? So they still have that ability like, oh, they're hot. Everybody's on. They're flamethrowing out here. Now, you know, everybody hits like 9 of 10 from 3. And, and like, North Texas still has an ability to take it to another level. They're, they're still opening that up. And that's what makes me excited about this version versus last year. Because I think you're right, is that they were playing just about as well as they could play. You know, like, I don't, I don't know. You look at Drez, he played about as well as he could play. They, a lot of it was like, well, are they hitting the open shots? But it was like, as much as I love that dude, it was not like, is he going to unlock a different part of his game? He's not. It, he is what he is, right? And that was fine. He was great. Yeah. We love him. But Kai Huntsbury, I think there's another aspect to his game maybe that's, that he's yet to reveal here. Everybody we mentioned were like, oh, he scored 15 points a game at, at Delaware, at North, at North Dakota State, at New Hampshire, wherever. We haven't seen that here. So they all have a little bit of there where you can say, we got 10, 15 more points out of, Three forties guys are here, right? And so maybe that eighty two points against UAB is not unrealistic, right? You're like, you know what, maybe North Texas can, you know, open it up and then, you know, they, they got a, a ridiculous game and it just overwhelms somebody with some offense. In addition to being so committed to defense. That's exciting for me. And that's that that that's the only counter I have to, to say Everything he says right about Jelly Walker saying uh, I, he can go get 40. Like He's one of those – it's like LeBron saying uh, 38, I can go get 38. I'll go get that record right now. Um, the Jelly could say I can get – he can get 25, right? He's averaging like 25 a game. He can say I can go get 35, you know? I, one, yeah. less, one less terrible three and instead get into the lane, pump fake, draw foul, then I got three there. Now this guy's foul trouble. That's how it works. Yeah, and then uh, answer. I'm gonna take the Eagles and the uh, Super Bowl. Uh. You're you're a Browns fan, right? You don't root for the AFC. You're not rooting for Patrick Mahomes. No, I mean the Chiefs. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm going to take the Eagles. 
I've always kind of liked the Eagles. Um, it's kind of like a second team. <laughs> yeah. See, see, I knew it. I knew we were going to go like Stephen A. and um, Jason Williams this past Jay Williams. Sorry, this past week. So um, I, I mean, here's the thing: is like the, the Eagles. Uh, I mean, they're obviously the Cowboys. You know my. The other part about it is like I remember my, me and my brother was like oh, I can't root for the Steelers against like the Cardinals. He's like then the Steelers are gonna equal the Cowboys all time Super Bowl record. I was like yeah, but that's our fault, man. It's the Cowboys, you got to go win more Super Bowls, right? You can't just hold everybody else down. You got to go out there and win it. And the fact that the Giants and the Eagles will have won a couple more Super Bowls since the Cowboys um, last won one is disappointing. But that's a Cowboys fault, so I can't really you know. Um, I've always had, you know, I've always respected like Andy Reid when he was the Eagles uh, coach. They always look, especially when the Cowboys are very terrible on offense. I was always a little jealous. I was like, man, it looks like the Eagles, like rooting for the Eagles is fun. They always do something different. They had a little shovel pass. They were always trying to do something. And uh, the Chiefs, as a as a as a um, a team, a franchise, have always been forward thinking offensively, right? They get just bring Joe Montana out here. They had Priest Holmes. Uh, Trent Green throwing whoever. And then, you know, it's more the same. They're like, let's get Patrick Mahomes. We'll get Andy Reid. We'll do some crazy stuff. And they did. I, I, I like seeing that. I like seeing them, you know, especially in the stodgy NFL. It's still kind of stodgy. So, um, like, like the year, the COVID year, when the Browns were back in the playoffs because there were no distractions and they could actually play football. <laughs> and they were good. Like they, the Browns should have beat the Chiefs. They got ham, they got screwed over by the refs. There was a head-to-head helmet call, completely missed. That was at the goal line that caused the fumble that went through the end zone. And so, yeah, I, I can't root for the Chiefs. I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. And I don't really like the Cowboys anymore. So, like, I like to root <laughs> against. Like, I like to see them in pain. Yeah. I think when I, when I was at UNT the one year when the the Giants went to the Super Bowl and everybody was like upset and it was Eli. Like I bought an Eli jersey just to walk around campus for that <laughs> specific reason. Well, that's quite terrible. But I will say that I respect your trollish nature. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing, so walking around with the, the North Texas Diving Eagle hat, uh, more than a couple people have said, oh, you're an Eagles fan, right? Go, go Eagles. Go Birds, whatever. I'm like, uh, that's, that's not who you think it is. <laughs> um yeah so I'm I'm rooting for the Chiefs and I will fully acknowledge that they are quite insufferable that Patrick Mahomes seems a little bit like a lame his brother definitely seems like a lame oh, and, uh, yeah. see that's the other thing like I, <laughs> you know my best friend is a Bengals fan and he was like are you going to root for us when they were playing in the championship game I was like I don't know I was like you know Patrick Mahomes, his brother, his wife, they're they're pretty bad. Like, but then like I found this video, it was of these nuns and they were like singing about the Bengals winning and how they had they had the Virgin Mary on call. And I was like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it, man. I I can't root for the Bengals. Like, no, no. <laughs> um Yeah, so I mean whatever. I think whoever wins it's it's what it's not gonna be a big deal. Uh, both both guys are from Texas, right? Jalen Hurts and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's cool. Uh, both couple black quarterbacks in there. I am old enough. I I remember people saying on the television, uh, well, you know, black quarterback. Yeah, you know, all the stuff that they, they would say that on there. I'm, uh, you know, and that wasn't that long ago. 
Yeah, you know, I remember them saying that about speaking of Andy Reid about Donovan McNabb, and you know, people questioning his intelligence, all kinds of stuff. So it is very cool to see, at least in this small aspect, that it's just another thing, right? I know it was like Doug Williams way back when, when I I I wasn't, I don't know anything about that, but it's you know, it's just another little marker here, right? Uh, and I think that's cool, um, you know, because like I said, it wasn't that long ago. I remember 1999. Uh, I'm talking mess about Donovan <laughs> McNabb. Uh, so I always kind of felt weird rooting against him. Like I don't like him; he's the Eagles, but then he's a black quarterback, so I don't want to be racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Mean Green Nation podcast. Thank you for listening. You can let us know what you think and all that other good stuff uh, by emailing the show uh, podcast at beangreennation.com. Let us know what is what, um, and, uh, you know, go mean green.